Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast. Today we bring you the Sunday message from August 15th, 2020. We're here to help those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, in today's message, we'll focus on Ephesians 4, 29. Let's dig in. There's a meme that I've seen making the rounds on social media over the last six months. I saw it a lot, then it went away for a while. It came back for a season and then snuck away again until this week when I surprisingly saw it yet again. Perhaps you've seen it. Here it is. Now, at this point, I'm willing to wager that every single person watching this had an immediate, instantaneous, and spontaneous reaction. You know, the kind of reaction that's just reflex. You couldn't control it. It came from somewhere deep within you. Here's the question. What was your reaction? Now, don't go posting your reaction in the comments. No, please don't do that. But for a moment, I want you to think about how you felt. Got it? Have you pinpointed the feeling when you saw that meme, that image? That feeling, that's what I want to reflect on for the next few moments, that that reflex, that reaction. Now, I'm willing to wager that your reaction was probably aligned with one of two things, your politics or your perspective on masks and vaccines. But that's the thing that I want to talk about for just a moment. Now, what if I put up this meme instead. These are childhood pictures of President Biden and Dr. Fauci. Now, what's the reaction here to this one? Is it different than the first reaction? Now, I mean, really, consider it for just a moment. Take a deep dive within yourself. And was the feeling that you have to this meme the same as you had to the first one? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. If it isn't, maybe that says a lot. These aren't just caricatures. These are people. And if our reaction to these childhood photos is the same as the first one, as it is to the second one, then it may be time for some deep self-reflection. For me personally, it's helpful to remember that both of these people were once children. And was that really so very long ago? In a way, both President Biden and Dr. Fauci are still children. They're children of God. You know, I was first confronted with this idea back a couple of election cycles ago when during the election of 2016, which many of you will remember, someone posted this meme. I think that we can all agree there's been a lot of mocking of people going on 
especially mocking of the people whom I've just shown over the last few slides. In a way, it's become something of a national pastime, making fun of those with whom we disagree. Because we can't often go toe-to-toe -to -toe academically with experts in the exchange of ideas, we tend to resort to name-calling or poking fun of other people. And I've got to say, I think Christians have become the worst about name-calling and poking fun of other people. I even ran across an article the other day written by a pastor that was titled, Sometimes Mocking Someone is the Most Christian Thing One Can Do. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Just no. I'm disappointed, and I'm going to say it. I'm outright alarmed at how Christians talk about other people, using incendiary language in order to victimize others, in order to hurt other people, in order to put other people off of their guard, people with whom we dislike, people with whom we disagree, and then we rationalize the things we say as though the other person is the problem and not our words. If they didn't think that way, then I wouldn't have had to say that. If they didn't vote that way, or if they weren't a part of that party, then I wouldn't have had to say that. If they didn't act that way, well, then I wouldn't have had to have said that. Then I wouldn't have had to have been this way. But you know what? The Bible is very clear. What we say to each other, what we say about each other, and how we say it matters a lot. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus said, listen and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Can you hear the exasperation in Jesus' voice there? Listen and try to understand for just a moment. Please, Jesus says. You know, they thought, that it was what they ate or what they drank that made them sinful. Kind of like what I was taught in my home church growing up, that alcohol and cigarettes, if they go in your mouth, then, well, it's a sin. And Jesus said, yeah, no, not at all. It's not the stuff that you're putting into your pie hole that's a sin. It's the trash that's coming out of your pie hole that's a sin. Or today he'd probably say, it's the trashy words that are typed out by your hands on Facebook that are the thing that's making you really dirty. The way that we treat each other, especially those with whom we disagree, is one of the most common problems in relationships of any kind. A critical spirit, a mocking spirit of another human being is at the root of almost all human conflict. And I dare to say, mocking people and criticizing people is also perhaps at the root of a lot of personal dysfunction. You know, many followers of Jesus Christ have become so critical of other people with whom, the, with whom they disagree that they've become not just dysfunctional as a Christian, but they've become a toxic Christian. Yeah, I'm going to say it. A Christian who mocks others is toxic. And we should care a lot about avoiding it because Jesus clearly and emphatically stated just a few verses earlier in Matthew, I tell you this, 
you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak or that you type. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. I think the problem is that we have become elitists. There's nothing more antithetical to the way of Christ than to become a proud, boastful elitist, thinking that we're better than other people. But we have this belief that our political party is the one ordained by God. We have this belief that our research on masks and vaccines is right. We have this belief that our opinion on government, our opinion on health, our opinion on wealth, and all things in between is the right way. Thus saith the Lord. Thus meaning everybody else is on the wrong side because everything we believe is on the right side. And somewhere along the way, we became elitist and started mocking other people, Christians or not, who disagree with it. What have we become? Words matter. Words create worlds and words destroy worlds. When we go around always thinking they're wrong and I'm right, we're not living under grace. We're living under law. Do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard that you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged, Jesus said. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. One of the Bible's core principles is that God treats us in much the same way that we treat others. If we're merciful to others, then the Bible says we receive mercy. If we forgive others, then the Bible says that God's going to forgive us. But if we judge others, the Bible says you are headed for judgment. We don't much like to think of God in that way, do we? We like to think God as judging others, not us. Judging others for their politics, not ours. Judging others for their heresy, not ours. Judging others for their mouths, not ours. Judging others for their Facebook posts, not ours. But we don't much like the thought of God judging us for our stuff. If we are strict, if we're judgmental, if we're critical, wow, the Bible says that we should be concerned about our future. How we treat others is at the heart of Christianity. And I want to say that again because I don't want you to miss that. It's super important. How we treat others is at the very heart of Christianity. I mean, the Good Samaritan, the woman at the well, prostitutes, tax collectors, lepers, the Beatitudes, the prodigal son, and I could go on and on and on. 
The whole of Scripture is about how important it is to treat others well, no matter how loathsome we may think that they are. And frankly, if you loathe a person, you might want to rethink your particular brand of Christianity anyway. But I digress. Some of you may be aware, but many perhaps aren't, that I spent a number of years working in radio early in my career. Now, I've always been told that I have a face for radio, but I didn't stay in radio because I didn't have a face for it. I didn't stay in radio because I didn't really have a voice for it either. But one of the stations at which I worked had an official scripture verse, and all of the on-air talent, all of us, were required to read that verse over the airways once every 30 minutes. In fact, I said it so many times over the years that it embedded itself in my memory in a way that I simply can't get it out. It literally resurrects itself in my mind every few days, and no other verse has ever done that. I simply can't get rid of it. And I am certain that if I ever develop a form of dementia or memory loss, that this verse will be the very last thing to go. It is scratched into the hard drive of my mind. And it comes from Paul in his letter to the church at Ephesus. He writes to them, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I think that this verse is pretty self-explanatory. What comes out of our mouth matters. If it's not building others up, but tearing them down, then it's not of God, which means it's anti-Christ. In fact, what Paul actually writes is not that it may benefit those who listen, but what he actually writes is that it provides grace to those who listen. That whenever we speak wholesome words, we give people grace. People listen closely to what Christians say in their conversations. People watch closely what Christians write and what they post on Facebook. When we say and post things that are unwholesome, we're not living out of our faith but we're living out of something else. The word that Paul uses for unwholesome here is actually the word rotten. It's used elsewhere in the Bible to describe rotten and decaying fruit. It's used to describe rotten and decaying fish, like really nasty, putrid stuff. That's what Paul uses to describe the words that Christians were using. Words that aren't healthy for anyone to speak or to hear, words that contaminate and make one sick, words that create a disgusting atmosphere for anyone who hears them or sees them. Have you ever been around someone who smelled like rotten fish, who stunk something awful, but didn't know it? That's the picture here whenever we use words that tear others down. We may not smell it, but those around us smell it and see it, and it's so rancid that it makes them want to throw up. Presidents don't get a pass on this, you know, and neither do you, and neither do I. The Bible says that what comes out of the mouth betrays what is going on deep within the heart. What comes out of our mouth is a lie detector for the soul. So 
when I saw this meme posted again this week, Ephesians 4.29 and, and all of those Bible verses against mocking others welled up deep within me. But my heart sank when I saw that the person who posted that meme was a spiritual giant from my childhood. And in many ways, still is after all of these years. The heading above it said, I'm reposting this because Facebook deleted it the first time. Now, I got to say, if even Facebook thinks that something that a Christian has posted has crossed a line, we might should actually think twice as a Christian about whether or not we should post it again. I mean, if the world is saying, yeah, Kevin, I, I really don't think that that's a good idea, then maybe we should take a pause and reflect. The problem is that we're often so self-righteous that we think that we are okay to eat from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil and consume whatever we want. It's okay. But as for my childhood hero who posted that meme, I really don't think that there was any malice in mind. At least I hope not. I think that they just thought it was funny. At least I hope that's what they thought. But you know, upon some deep reflection, that thought has actually concerned me more than if there was malicious intent. Arguing over ideas and policies and politics is one thing, but poking fun of the way someone looks? Well, that's quite a different thing altogether. And then I noticed that there was quite a high comment count on the post, and I flinched. Should I click on it? I knew I wasn't going to like what I saw if I clicked on it, but I couldn't help myself. So I clicked. And I wish that I wouldn't have, honestly. I wish that I had remained blissfully unaware of the Pandora's box that I was about to open. I wish that I had been able to continue thinking it was just a single slip of judgment from one person who thought something was funny but didn't see how it could maybe potentially cross the line. But when I clicked on the comments attached to the meme, what I saw was a page full of people from my childhood whom I looked up to, making fun of the president, making fun of Dr. Fauci, laughing, making jokes at their expense. And I was shocked. And my heart sank. And I began clicking through to see their personal pages and what they were up to these days. And, and what I got was a wall of hatred and mocking. And I just got to say it, unchristlike behavior directed towards people of a certain party, directed towards people who thought that masks or vaccinations were a good idea mocking people who were striving to love their neighbor. And it wasn't the sort of dialogue that dealt with ideas and beliefs academically or theologically. It was catty humor, jokes, salty language here and there, outright mocking politicians and scientists and really anyone who didn't agree with their particular brand of Christian nationalism. Those threads were filled with people who had drilled stories like the Good Samaritan into my head as a child. 
those pages were filled with people who forced me to memorize verses like do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. That's from the Sermon on the Mount. Those pages were filled with people who had led me in songs about loving other people. And here they were on parade, clearly allowing their politics to short circuit their following of the way of Jesus. I would have been just as broken hearted had the mockery been directed towards Trump, honestly. I don't believe that they intended to mock Biden and Fauci, and yet here they were. It was clear that there was so little respect, or better said, there was so much anger and hostility towards fellow children of God that they felt it was acceptable to publicly mock those in public service to our nation, to mock those who serve them. And I think this is a good place to close. Because I have no right to grandstand here, I, I'm certain that I've publicly mocked others in the past, and I'm not perfect, and in those moments, that wasn't okay. And I've probably let more than a handful of people down along the way in so doing. And if so, I'm sorry. I've matured a lot in my faith over the years, and I'm certain I still have a long way to go. But, you know, I find myself more than a little sad today. It's a little like someone took a mallet and smashed the mirror into which I looked at my childhood church, the community of faith that surrounded me, loved me, and eventually set me sailing into deep waters, failed me. Were they always that way? Were we always that way? All those decades ago, were we that way then? Did they change? Did I change? How can I be a product of a faith community that mocks and criticizes in such rotten ways? I can't ever really put those people back up on that childhood pedestal ever again now. I can't unsee what I saw. I can't unread what I read. And maybe, just maybe, it's a good thing. Jesus should probably be on the pedestal anyway. Not them. Just like Jesus should be on your pedestal, not me. And transparently, I'm thankful that I'm mature enough to recognize who should be on the pedestal and that this won't affect my faith one bit. It'll actually strengthen it. And it'll press me to call it out when I see it in others and try to avoid it myself. But I got to be honest, there are a lot of people watching and listening to what you and I are saying and typing online when we mock others, when we speak rotten words about them, when we tear others down, when we make fun of them, or when we otherwise judge people. You know, unlike me, that's going to affect people's faith. People are going to turn their back on God when they see Christians acting and speaking in that way. I won't turn my back on God. But I'm not normal in that way. Others will. And where the rubber meets the road, that's where this really matters the most. Politicians and the medical community are easy targets sometimes, right? But at what cost for a Christian? 
at what cost? It's time that we stop worrying about the sawdust in the eyes of others and start spending our time pulling the logs out of our own eyes. Or at least, someone smarter than I thought that that would be time well spent. Today's message is brought to you by Christ Table. We'd love to have you join us in what we're doing. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission, it's simple to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to Christtable.today. And when you get over to Christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, this podcast is available because of the generous donations of you, our listeners, and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. I want to invite you to join us during the week as we walk step-by-step through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch those Bible studies live, there's more information on our website at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for joining us today. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young.